You are listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Stephanie and I'm a wife, mother of four, and the creator of the blog Simple Living Made Simple, formerly winging it on the homestead. I am far from an expert, but I am learning and growing and figuring the simple living self-sufficiency thing out as I go. I love to help encourage modern mothers to incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. Join me this season as I interview homesteading experts on a variety of timely and important topics and share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. Welcome back to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. In this episode, I get to talk to one of my favorite simple living homesteading experts, and that is Karina from the Hopewell Homestead. Karina is a heart-centered homemaker with a passion for teaching others new and old ways to live more intentionally in their own homes. She focuses on developing and sharing real food recipes and building out a homestead and serving others through education on how to live a more natural lifestyle. She combines these passions in her daily life and shares what she learns along the way on her blog and social media platforms and more detail in her upcoming book, The Natural Minded Homemaker. You can find Karina over at the Hopewell Homestead on Instagram and her blog, and she also hosts a really awesome podcast called The Home Centric Podcast. You don't want to miss this episode. We had a really awesome conversation all about how to build your dream homestead as well as living a more holistic and home-centered life. So let's get started. All right, guys, welcome back to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. I'm really looking forward to this episode today. I am talking with Karina from the Hopewell Homestead. Karina has a really awesome blog, podcast, and Instagram where she spends a lot of time creating content and teaching people all about being natural and creating a natural, simple life. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So like I said, I'm really excited to have you because you're someone that I follow pretty frequently on Instagram. And I just love all your content. It's real thorough. It's well-researched and it's just, um, it's really beautiful too. Like it's really curated in a way that's like really welcoming and things like that. So I really enjoy it. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your home, your homestead, your business, why you chose this lifestyle? Sure. Um, yeah, so, uh, it kind of started with the conviction to heal. I've always been interested in animals and gardening and things like that. But the way that I grew up, you would never know. I was very typical suburbanite, um, played sports as whatever sport season it was, we were doing it right. Like my family was doing that. We lived a very fast paced life. Um, you know, very well acquainted with little Caesars. Um, and in my teenage years and up through college, um, when I, like, even when I went my husband, um, I started to go through some interesting changes. I was getting, I've always had acne, but it was starting to get worse in cystic. I was having trouble, um, with migraine headaches and, um, it, you know, it was just one thing after another. And I kind of had just resolved to, well, I'm an adult now. So like, I guess Tylenol and Pamperin and whatever I need, like, I'll just take it. That's just part of the deal now. Um, until I had, 
um, some really serious health concerns just in general with, uh, depression and anxiety and just like really having a difficult time, you know, managing two jobs, trying to graduate college. And then at the time we had, um, you know, just some family crises going on. So it just all kind of compounded, right. All at one time. Um, and it felt very defeated that, you know, the course of treatment, or should I say like the course of care was just going to be continual, uh, monthly prescriptions and regular doctor's visits. Um, and I didn't like how those things made me feel. I felt very defeated. Like I didn't have any other options and I just, it was very unsettling. I was like, this just can't be where we are, you know? Um, and around that time between a rock and a hard place, my husband and I, um, actually rededicated our lives to Christ and were baptized. And that really was the catalyst for coming out of the mire and the muck, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that was a renewed perspective of, okay, so the food we eat does matter, you know? So we, right around that time, we've kind of transitioned to looking more holistic, more, natural options because the ones that we had relied on as the expert or, um, just, you know, routine, if you will, care for what we were dealing with. Um, it it wasn't lending any results. It was more medication. It was more doctor's visits and procedures and so on. And I'm not saying that there's anything inherently wrong with that. I was just determined that that was not going to be us. Like I didn't want that for myself and I didn't want that for my husband. Um, so, um, we looked to speaking with a holistic practitioner, which that was the first time I had ever heard of the word holistic, um, which if people aren't familiar, it's looking at everything as it impacts everything. So looking at your life as the things that you eat, the connections you have, the friends you, you know, the company you keep, the way you spend your time on your phone or in your private life. Um, the way that you talk, the way that you think, everything impacts everything. Um, and that was really revolutionary to me because we were leading a very stressful lifestyle. We were um, very career centric, if you will. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, bringing joy and giving us rest. Um, so with that, you know, it was just a trickle down effect of, well, you know, this guy telling us like, you can't eat Cheetos and expect to feel good when you go to work out, you know, like it was just so foreign in my mind. I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so one thing just kind of led to another, um, looking at meat quality, we started to raise our own meat, um, really wanting to, um, control what we put into our homes, into our bodies. It just trickled down all the way down to the food that we ate, uh, the company that we kept, um, and just how we were feeding our souls it was different. You know, obviously we were, we were so deficient when we were, um, you know, in soul food in in God's word. And so it kind of, you know, just naturally led, um, led to this lifestyle. And with it, as you know, it can get a little, um, tricky, um, which I love about your podcast name, the simple life done simply, you know, like it's, you, being natural can be as complicated as you make it. And, um, it's like changing, changing one hustle for another hustle, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's simple living isn't always simple necessarily, but <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's slower and you know more intentional and, and that kind of thing. And that sounds like that's what you're you're striving for in your life. Right. So you also talk about a lot about um being home centric. In fact, that's like the name of your podcast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me what you mean by that? Because that's not a term that I hear often um, at all. So could you just explain that? Sure. So home-centric is where life revolves around home. Um, and kind of what I alluded to earlier is, you know, our life was very career-focused or career-driven at, you know, however many man, it's at least over a decade ago, you know, we were out of college. We're like, okay, now we've got to like start climbing that ladder and checking off boxes. And, you know, that's, that's our goal in life. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, even being married, that was kind of until we had children, that was still kind of the focus. And I remember vividly when I had my firstborn thinking, I can't, I can't, I can't leave him in daycare. I know people do it. I know, you know, people turn out fine and everything. Like, I'm not worried about him like being emotionally scarred, but financially it didn't make sense for us Yeah, because I was going to be working to pay for daycare and it was, I was not going to have that much left over after that. Yeah. And, and he's like, I just, you know, my husband's like, it just doesn't really makes sense. Why don't you stay home? And I was like, no, I don't have to stay home. Like, you know, we'll, it'll, it'll be fine. I I still need to work and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And, um, and it wasn't until the end of my maternity leave that I was like, I cannot do all of this because you're sleep deprived mm-hmm. already. And I couldn't imagine getting up at 6am. And I, I realized people do this. And, and kudos to you if you could do this. But my where I was in my life, that was not something that I felt convicted was part of my life path, if you will. I didn't feel like that was part of God's plan. Um, and so that led to searching what a home-centric lifestyle was, where my life as a homemaker revolved around home. This was my new job. This was my new career path. And I needed to put just as much fervor into that as I did previously in my corporate career. Um, And there was such turmoil in the beginning because it was against everything that, uh, you know, every example I've ever had, you know, including my own family. And um, it felt it was very countercultural to what is around me, especially here in America. I think that's a very... um, you know, you go go to school, you go to college, you get a job, you get married and, you know, you still climb that ladder as much as you can. And I think there's pressure on women too, but um, yeah. So in becoming a mother, it just, the home-centric lifestyle just kind of unfolded. I, you know, like I said, I tried to focus on that as my career, um, raising my children. And um, I think, some, some people obviously have caught on to like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's something that I am having a hard time with too. And so just sharing in that with each other, especially on the podcast, um, it's such a broad topic, you know, home, homemaking isn't just like doing laundry and doing the dishes and cooking food. It is, um, making sure you don't bounce a bill, you know, and making sure, um, people have clothing, making sure people are happy and, fed and 
but not just like physically fed they're that they're fed spiritually, that their needs are met um, and that your own needs are met. And um, it's just all encompassing and it's all very much what home is. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so amazing. And I like, I can, as you're saying, I'm like, that sounds exactly like what I did also. And just, I can relate to that so much. It's like you, like I wasn't, I was, I worked too. I worked at a university and, you know, you're climbing the ladder and you went to school. So you put money into schooling, you know, all of that. And then, yeah, at some point it was just with my second born. Luckily I was blessed enough that my, my mother could watch them when they were little. But then I was like, she can't watch them forever. I'm going to have to do daycare or something. And it was just, it was like, I'm not, I don't know. It was just like one day at work. I was just like, I'm spending time here at working for someone else. It just kind of struck me. And it was like, I'd rather just serve my family, you know? And it yeah. was so, so kind of, like you said, countercultural from what you're used to, that it took a little while to actually convince myself that it was possible. Yeah. But yeah, so I can definitely relate and I, relate, and I can think a lot of people can relate to that. And maybe they're in that same position where they're really want to get home, you know? Right. Right. And there are definitely days when I'm like, man, it would be so nice if they were gone oh, yeah. for like six hours today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there are days for that. Like today is my office day. Um, and, you know, I have the mother-in-law who is retired and God bless her. It's so wonderful to have that time to think when someone's not tugging at your pants. But, uh, you know, it's like, it, I guess it's what where your priorities lie. And again, not digging at anyone who, whose life is contrary to mine. It's just, um, I felt very convinced that uh, they're not going to be little for very long. And I really just want, you know, that's my first responsibility. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and I like that home centric because I do think that's, you know, what it is, you're creating a home, even though Mm -hmm. homemaking makes sense, but you're like, you're, you're creating the whole feeling, the whole vibe culture yeah 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 now are you do you have obviously you you've able to make a home business out of being you know at home as well through your blog and everything yeah I um I I wouldn't say that I have too much energy I really don't have that much energy but Mm -hmm. I also can't help myself talking about things that I'm very passionate about (laughs) right and if I'm going to talk about it Um, it needs to be sustainable. And so while it hasn't always been, um, something that I've viewed as a business, it kind of falls into one of my roles that I've given myself that, you know, obviously family needs come first and then home business comes second. Um, and it's been one of those things that you just end up carving out here and there, like during nap time or maybe in the evenings while your husband's, you know, doing something in the garage, you know, you have a few minutes here and there to put out a blog post or, um, what have you. And it, it works out if, if you enjoy that sort of thing, if it's not something you want to do or it stresses you out, then it's not going to work out, but yeah, I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, well, that kind of leads me to like the next thing I wanted to ask you about, because you you cover a lot of interesting concepts on your Instagram um, blog, you know, content that there's a lot of content creators out there, but there's a lot of the content topics you choose. Like, I don't see many others covering it. So, um, for example, you spend some time talking about being a hopesteader. Yeah. Um, and I really like that term. Could you tell me what that means and like how someone would become a hopesteader? 
Sure. So I am a new Hopesteader as of August. Mm-hmm. We sold our, what was, was going to be our forever home. So my husband and I built a homestead from the ground up over a decade ago. Um, lots of life changes over a decade ago. <laughs> and um, we were, I mean, we were hopesteading then. We were turning that place into a homestead that we were hopeful for. Um, and in doing so, we have experience now as we are renters, which is crazy. I have not been a renter since I was a child, you know, with my family. And I'm hopeful for the homestead that we will build here in the future um, as we as we build. Um, and the term hopesetter kind of stems from my favorite verse that I kind of have chosen for the blog because we're the Hope Well Homestead. And it's important to hope well. Um, some people call it toxic positivity, which I mean, I don't think it's quite to that extent. Um, mm-hmm. But as a Christian, it's important to dwell in hope because we have hope. Um, so Psalms 33, 20 through 22 reads, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So even though my ideal homestead is not um, come to fruition right now, Mm -hmm. um, I am so hopeful that it will and that each little step we take along the way will lead us towards um, the goal of having a a homestead. Mm -hmm. Um, So we joke about, you know, we're homesteading over here. You know, I've got some pots with plants in them because I still need to continue to keep the muscle memory, if you will, of gardening and keeping plants alive. And, um, also just for sanity's sake that I'm not sad that I don't have things growing around me, even at our rental place. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really just more or less a mindset of just realizing that, you know, the end goal is the homestead. And while I have this ideal in my mind, I can still do things like learn and read and, um, you know, put in muscle memory, if you will, on, so that way you will be more ready when that opportunity arrives. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. There's probably, there's, I'm sure there's a hundred thousand hopesteaders out there that are like in this situation. I mean, obviously you have the background that you've done it for many years, but a lot of people are renting or in small spaces where they are just looking towards their, their future homestead. Mm -hmm. So what would you say for someone that is like that, that wants to start, but they don't live on a farm or they're not in their, their ideal homestead? Like how would they start living more naturally or holistically? Um, well, the best news is they can start at any time they decide to change their mind about whatever it is they hold in their mind that they have to like, that's like a hurdle. Um, for me, it was always, oh, I need a pasture, which we live on very rocky soil, um, in the mountains. We don't have, pastures are not a thing up here. We have woods and like rocky soil. (laughs) Mm. Um, and if I had continued to have in my mind that I needed flat land and a pasture, then I would not be, I would not have 10 years of experience behind me. 
Um, and so I think starting small with whatever you can do. So if, if you are like, I want this ginormous garden, I want to grow all of the vegetables and all of the fruits. Okay. We'll start with a house plant mm-hmm. for real, have a house plant, keep it alive. If it's something, you know, special, like an orchid, which, um, a lot of people think that they're kind of finicky, but I find that they love being neglected. Um, mm-hmm you know, just, just learn, like commit yourself to mastering a skill and it doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to have a whole shelf of orchids. It could be, um, a violet or, you know, even something really easy, like a succulent that you never water, you know, it just learn about that plant, what it likes, how to take care of it. And then when you feel pretty good about it, add another one, or maybe you want to, be a little bit more practical. Maybe you want to start growing herbs. Okay, we'll get rosemary. They're pretty hardy. Sometimes they um, get finicky in the wintertime, depending on where you are. Um, But for the most part, um, they like being outside. So if you have a tiny windowsill or a patio, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe you think that you want to have chickens one day, we'll go and find somewhere within an hour of you on a weekend and go go hug some chickens, you know, see if that's really, truly something that you are interested in watching YouTube videos, following people on Instagram. Um, and one thing I will say too, that can get people a lot stuck is looking at American homesteads. Um, there's a lot of, and this is just my opinion of unnecessary expensive equipment and techniques out there that can give you the false sense that you need all of those things at some point. But my favorite thing to do is to look at primitive cultures, um, people who are very poor, um, who live very simplistically and see how they do things and what, and take from that, you know, how can you apply that to where you are kind of like reverse engineering that. Yeah. Um, because that, that takes the pressure off because these people have nothing and they are feeding themselves. They are feeding their families. They are healthy. They are happy. You know, it's very simple the way that they do things. So, um, that's probably way too many different no. things. I just threw at everybody. They <laughs> were helpful. <laughs> and I like that, like looking like primitive wise, because not only do I find that super interesting, like, for example, I just interviewed, um, someone who's a cheesemaker and she, I mean, this isn't necessarily fancy. This is just how you do it now, but like they use run it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm my, that you can buy at the store, but my mind immediately gets like, what did that look like before? Like you, they didn't buy run it at the store, you know, yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. the answer. So that's, in the, that's yeah. in the episode, but, but just that kind of stuff, like they obviously do it, did it without all this upgraded technology and you know what I mean? Yes. And like plant food fertilizer and everything yeah. else. Like, it, no, figure it out. You can, you mm-hmm. can do it. It's out there. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great insight. So, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people tend to make it too complicated. Plus they look at people that, you know, have beautiful homesteads and stuff and feel like that's what it needs to look like or whatever. And not, not all functioning, really well functioning homesteads look like that, obviously. No. And, and, you know, you have to think too, like, okay, for instance, one of, one of my, I'm very drawn to, uh, do you follow Shay, Shay Elliott, the Elliott homestead? Yes. Mm-hmm. Her aesthetic is gorgeous, but it has it taken her years, yeah, years to get what she, where she is now, as far as like, I, I even love her design, just her very homey cottage 
design. Um, It's taken a while to cultivate that. So I think, you know, being patient and willing and committed just to take your time and like let in things naturally as, as it progresses, as you kind of feel more comfortable to attack. Yeah. That's a good idea. Now, are you um, building right now? Is that what you said? You're, you're building. We are. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. We're, um, we're actually going small. So we are trying to live debt-free and in doing so, we really needed to shrink our footprint to not have to take a loan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so our last place was, I think 2,800 square feet Mm -hmm. and the rental we're in now is just a little above 800 square feet. And we're kind of calculating that that's potentially the same footprint or area of what our new place will be. So it's a garage above, or I mean, it's an apartment above our garage. So we'll park in the garage with our cars that we drive every day and then we'll live upstairs. Um, And so, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. It's new and I've always wanted to live old. So I'm trying very diligently to... I understand the old. <laughs> yes. Are you finding that's challenging? Cause that's something that I've always wanted the old farmhouse, but my husband is a builder. It's like, I'll build you that farmhouse. Like, but I really want an old house. Yeah. So it will come to compromise there. So, yeah. And, and that's the other thing too, is like, I don't, it would take a lot for both of us mm-hmm. since, you know, we are a building family, like our, both of our, both sides of our families. That's, it goes back a couple of generations. Yeah. Um, it would take a lot for us to move into an old house. Mm -hmm. Um, It would have to be very structurally sound, which a lot of them are not, you know, it would have to be well-maintained, which a lot of them are not. Um, So it, it has, in some ways it has been a challenge. Yes. Because I don't have historical documents that I can go and look at. I, I can look at carriage houses or stable, stable homes where the stable boy had like some sort of, or even, you know, servants had, places, quarters in a stable or a carriage house. Um, but that's not what we're doing. So it's going to, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but we're definitely trying to like bring in antique fish fixtures, like light fixtures, um, bring in, um, instead of doing sheetrock, which I think is fine. I would love to do like the plaster Mm -hmm. texture on it, but that's not really something that my husband's going to do. So we're going <laughs> to compromise and do beadboard. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I think I talked him into building us some latch doors um, that you would find in like an old English cottage. Yeah. So I think it's going to be there, it, but you know, we're going to have electricity. We're going to have heat and air, yeah. you know, oh, I'm <laughs> so, sure it will be beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's fun. It's fun to play anyway. Yeah, definitely. So we talked about this a little bit, but, um, I really love how you weave your Christian faith into like your content, but also like your duties as a homemaker, you know? So how do you put all that together? How do you take your faith and let it guide your decisions in your home, homestead and business? Well, um, in short is I know who I'm serving and who I have to answer to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my, obviously my husband is the head of our household and I have, um, we're both firstborns and we're both very stubborn, but I think, I guess we're getting older and we've kind of figured out like some of the stuff isn't really worth arguing about, you know? Right. Um, and so I'm really thankful for that. And I'm also very thankful that he has a certain 
role in our home as I do. Um, and that has really taken a lot of pressure off of me for, you know, trying to take everything on, which I've been known to do. Um, and also knowing, you know, in, in scripture, and I can't even remember the reference, but it's like everything you do, do as unto the Lord, mm-hmm. um, which I don't always do. And I'm, you know, something to work on, but, um, I take a lot of pride in my work. Um, I'm not saying that I do it the best or that I have it all figured out or that my techniques are, you know, the standard, if you will. Um, but it's a way of worship, worshiping God, you know, thanking him for my abilities, thanking him for my, uh, my family. And, um, I don't know, it brings me a lot of joy, even the hard stuff. And I can't say that I'm like, oh yeah, I get to scrub this nasty spit up food off of the dishes Mm -hmm. because my kids didn't like what I cooked. But at the same time, I'm thankful for the food and I'm thankful for the dish and the water. And it just, I don't know, it's, it's a perspective shift. And I also know, I remember when my first child was born, everyone told me like, well, enjoy it while it lasts. And now that I have more than just one child, it's like, oh my goodness, they really like by the day they change mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And I love it, but it also makes me very sad. So it's one of those things of like, just really pausing and taking it in and really being appreciative. And, you know, thank mm-hmm. you Lord for this opportunity. Um, because I know it's not going to be this way forever. Um, and for what I have right now, I'm thankful. Um, more or less. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, everything's kind of great because it's temporary, but then also really sad and hard because it's temporary. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yay, this isn't forever. It's like, oh, yeah, this isn't forever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously being a homesteader and homemaker requires like a certain level of discipline. Is that natural for you or has that kind of come as you've worked? Um. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about it um, for a little bit. I want to say that it it kind of stems from my natural curiosity a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know how to. Okay. I, I used to be of the victim mentality growing up. Um, there were some very close people in my life. That was the example I had. And it was a very, you know, as I'm growing up and looking backwards at the time, I didn't realize it. It's like, you can change your situation. Um, you can change your circumstances. And I don't mean in the way of like new age, like you can manifest your way out of this. I don't mean it like that. I just mean that in Matthew, for example, Jesus says, you know, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, uh, and you will find knock and the door shall be open unto you. That's very hope filled. That is very, um, you know, if you are doing the will of God, you, he will make a way, Right. Uh, you don't have to do anything in your own strength. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is seek and knock. And in Proverbs all the time, you know, it. Um, well, I say all the time, but in several places, I remember Solomon describing wisdom as a woman, you know, calling out in the streets, like who's going to pay attention to her. Um, and again, I'm not saying like, look at me, I found wisdom. I'm just saying that um, I wanted to be more diligent. I want to do my work well. Um, I want to be a good steward of what I have, um, as well as my natural tendencies or talents that God's given me and carving those out. 
you have to be willing to look, you have to be open um, and guarded, obviously, like through the lens of the the gospel. But, um, I, you know, kind of going back to my faith and as a Christian and knowing how to answer to, um, I'm very happy to try and be diligent and to try and be a better example for my children, uh, what it looks like to have faith and truly trust um, because they're watching. Are they, are they watching me pitch a fit, you know, or are they watching me like, Lord, I really need some help right now, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, And so it's definitely one of those things that I feel like I'm working on every day. And sometimes I have a big old fat piece of humble pie uh, when I think I'm starting to, you know, get big in my britches, if you will. But um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, So what... um, is a skill that you would say you've mastered and like you could teach or talk about all day? Mm, um, accepting that you are always going to be learning. <laughs> that is a skill. To, yes, that is a skill in and of itself. I agree. It, it's a, it's a mixture of like the fruits of the spirit of like self-discipline and patience. Yeah. Um, you know, really <clears throat> you're not just going to arrive and have this like, okay, here I am. I've, I've made it, you know, yeah. um, you're, you're always learning and, um, committing for being a truth seeker and really mm-hmm. looking for ways to make things viable or to make something happen. Um, you know, it's just, it's a lot easier when you realize that you're just, you're, you're always going to learn something new. Like yeah. today, I, this is so random, but I have to share because it's done. I, It's just dumbfounding to me. Um, We have armadillos in Tennessee and we see them every now and again on the road, like as roadkill. Mm -hmm. But I found out today that they carry leprosy. Mm -hmm. And so if you have an animal in the yard and they run upon one or maybe, and it's injured them somehow, that there is like a risk of contracting leprosy. But again, just goes to show that you can always learn something. No matter how random. And it's just like, oh, well, that's, that's an interesting precaution to like (laughs) have to think about now, you know, but, um, oh, and I think that's so true in this, in this lifestyle. Cause I think like being a homesteader or like living simply really attracts a certain person that wants they go get them. They want to go, they want to learn everything. They want to know everything now and they want to master everything. So I think that is hard sometimes. I know that was hard for me when I first started was like, you know, you're not going to learn how to sew and make cheese and do this and this and this all in one year, you know, it's going to be a lifelong learning process. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, what skills are you learning right now? Like, what are you working on right now? Aside from patience, I (laughs) am reading all that I can about, uh, mushroom like I want to start some mushroom logs because our new homestead is in the woods. And so that's one, instead of trying to plow all the trees down and, you know, have that perfectly flat piece of land, um, I need to be able to adapt. And so much mushroom logs really interest me right now, um, which I know very little about. I know, I know, I know just enough about foraging to pick certain safe mushrooms and eat them Mm -hmm. and feel okay with that. Um, but as far as like sustainability goes, that that interests me. Um, and then another topic that I've actually started like 
getting pretty geeky about is hand quilting. We have Mm -hmm. a quilt top that was my husband's families. And we, and it's sad because we really don't know who pieced it together, but the flower sack cloth we're thinking is like from the thirties. Um, and I went and talked to, um, a nearby quilter and she's like, you need, you need to learn how to piece that together. So it's pieced together by someone in the family. And I was like, Oh, I'm all about that. You know, that's pretty special. So that's, um, that's on my list this winter when it's really cold and it gets dark early and I'm sad, you know, I can think about <laughs> mushroom logs and hand quilting. <laughs> that's cool. That's so funny you talk about quilting. Cause it's funny. Cause my mom and her sisters have recently taken up quilting, like kind of, I don't know why, but they just kind of, and I'm like, that sounds, I want to join. That sounds like so much fun. Let me add <laughs> of that course on it's top done of my differently now. Plates. Yeah. Right. Right. Then, right. then back when their mother did it, you know, when they had mm-hmm. quilting circles and stuff, um, they were explaining to me how they went to a quilt shop and saw like done on a machine. And I'm like, I mean, maybe back then if they saw where it was now, they'd be like, oh, that's great. We don't have to sit around and, and <laughs> everything, but I'm like, no, no, do it that way. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. It was. And that's kind of what I was hoping with that quilt. Cause I secretly just wanted to hurry up and have it done for my, you know, yeah. for my bed, but yeah, it's, it's special. And that is special. About, yeah. You know, would the quilting circles even be a thing anymore? Like, I wish. I need to destroy the machines so we can have that human connection again. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it, this is so off topic of like the podcast, but whatever. Um, when you think about it, it is, I mean, it's such a community effort and it's reusing scrap. I don't know. The whole thing is just really intriguing to me. Yeah. And, and it was something that they enjoyed doing. Yeah. And just that around gossipness. Yeah. The quilting circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. I wish they would bring them back. Um, so anyways, that, that's, a, that's a very fun conversation. I really appreciate you joining me today. Um, well, this has been so fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me where my audience can find you. Like where, what platforms are you on? What do you have going on? Is there anything you're trying to promote or anything. Well, we want to hear all about it. Okay. Well, y'all kind of get the first sneak peeky into, I'm working on finally publishing my book, The Natural Minded Homemaker, mm-hmm. um, which is just what we've talked about. It's just yeah. having fervor to commit to living more simply and trying not to die in the process with stress <laughs> and yeah. worry so much so that you don't even know what to do. There are um you know, one thing that I struggled with when I first got started is like, there were so many ideas out there and I didn't know which way to look. Like, do I do all of them? Do I only do this? Like, does this even matter to look at? And so I kind of like break it way down and give you, you know, the person reading like very applicable, simple, not expensive, not technical ways to start, um, you know, embracing a more natural minded home set and it's it's a mindset shift um so I'm working on that I'm hoping to have a limited run of spiral bound books Mm -hmm. here by the beginning of 2023 um so I'm excited about that but anyone can find me I think I'm everywhere except for (laughs) Twitter um but it's just at the dot hopewell homestead um and my website is the hopewellhomestead.com so yeah Great. 
Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, book because if it's anything like your other content, it will be thorough and well-researched and beautiful because you have some beautiful um, graphics and, and all that going on. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. I have a brand new guide out that is just perfect for this time of year. The Ultimate Fruit and Vegetable Seasonal Guide is now available and you can grab it for free at www.savemyveggies.com. If you are like me, you have thrown away produce that you just never got a chance to use. I used to do this all the time. Especially this time of year, as my harvest starts coming in, it can be difficult to properly store everything and make sure I either preserve it in time or use it up. That's why I created this guide. This guide has everything you need to stop wasting fruits and vegetables that you either grow yourself or purchase at the store. Learn how to properly store 25 plus fruits and vegetables to help them stay fresher longer. This guide also includes a month by month seasonal timeline so you know when to stock up on inexpensive and high quality fruits and vegetables to save you time and money. Again, you can grab that free guide at www.savemyveggies.com. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have a topic suggestion for the podcast, please email me at info at wingingitonthehomestead.com.